If you only have a 401k, you're not getting the most for retirement. Wait, what? Add a Robinhood IRA on top, then they'll boost it by 3%. You can do that? And if you transfer in any retirement account, you get 3% on top of that. Is there a limit to the match? No limit. Robinhood Gold gets you the biggest contribution match of any IRA on the market. Sign up for Robinhood Gold at Robinhood.com slash boost by April 30th. Subscription fees apply. Investing involves risk. 3% match requires gold for one year from first match. Must keep IRA for five years. Match on transfers subject to additional terms and conditions. Robinhood Financial LLC, member SIPC. The A to Z of Disease Podcast. Hello and welcome to the A to Z of Disease Podcast with me, Rose Mokonyo. Today we will be discussing prematurity, preterm children, and what causes this, what causes premature labor, how these children are taken care of, and how we can prevent uh, getting preterm children. And with me to discuss this topic is Dr. Penina Mosioka, a pediatrician at Machako's Children Clinic. Welcome, Dr. Tari. Thank you, Rose, for having me as we discuss this very interesting topic, uh, prematurity. Mm-hmm. Uh, I know it's a dream of every mother to be able to deliver their child when they are due to deliver. Mm-hmm. But sometimes because of different reasons, they happen to deliver them before their time. Mm-hmm. And this comes with complications. What causes premature labor? Um, there are several causes of premature labor, but most of them first is infections. And most of the common infection is uh, urinary tract infections. And uh, when the mother complains of pain, especially pain passing urine, increased frequency, they need to be careful and seek treatment in good time because a urinary tract infection can predispose you to getting preterm labor. The other one is even a gastroenteritis where the mother will have diarrhea and that can also make the mother go into preterm labor. Mm-hmm. The other most common cause is, um, we call it multiple gestation. The fact that the mother is carrying twins or triplets, then because the abdomen is stretching more than usual, they are also more likely to go into preterm labor. There are also other causes, like you'll find some mothers also have what we call cervical incompetency, and uh, that predisposes them to go into preterm labor. The good thing is most of these uh, conditions can be taken care of if the mother visits the antenatal clinic and is able to see their obstetrician in good time. Mm-hmm. Are there children that survive when they are born uh, pretermly? Yes, children do survive, and we thank God because technology is improving day by day. Before, we used to say you'll survive if you are more than 2 kgs, but nowadays, even as low as 800 grams, at least from our newborn unit, they do survive. So what I can say is children actually do survive, all it depends on the care they get and how the baby is at birth. And uh, what do you do to a preterm child immediately after they are born? Premature babies are very special population to us. Because they have been born premature, you'll find the organs are not fully developed. From the lungs, to the heart, to the brain, even to the skin, every organ is not fully developed. So the baby is not prepared to be in this outside world. But we thank God because most of them by the time they are getting born, as long as it's past the seven month, that is at least more than 28 weeks gestation, that baby should be able to survive. So what if they come out and they are breathing, we are very happy. If they are not, we try to do what we call newborn resuscitation to help them take their first breath. After that, what they are mostly prone to is what we call hypothermia. Because their skin is very thin, uh, they are losing a lot of heat, and as they are losing a lot of heat, they are also losing fluid, and also because they don't have a lot of subcutaneous fat. So their temperatures tend to go down very fast. So the number one priority is to make sure that baby does not get hypothermia. So how do we do that? To make sure where babies are being born, the place is warm enough. You have uh, the radiant eaters to make sure the environment is warm and where baby is is warm. 
and then we immediately cover them, what we call we wrap them with nylon paper because that paper prevents evaporation of moisture and also it prevents evaporation of heat so the baby remains warm and then of course you transfer them as soon as possible to the newborn unit in the newborn unit of course what will they do baby most likely will be placed in a radiant warmer and uh, once they are ready they will be transferred to an incubator then of course we'll check how baby is breathing most of the time they develop what we call respiratory distress syndrome and where do they get it it's because the lungs were born premature so one of the most important um, function for the lung is to be able to have the gaseous exchange that you can breathe in oxygen and remove out your carbon dioxide uh, but that can only happen if the alveoli remain open now because these babies were born premature even the cells which produce surfactant which is supposed to lower the surface uh, tension to make sure the alveoli are open is not there so the alveoli actually collapse and because they are collapsed the gaseous exchange is not able to take place so you'll find they become hypoxic, they are blue, they are cyanosed, they are breathing very fast, some are even grunting, and that is usually one of the leading causes of mortality to these babies. So what we do depends on how baby presents at birth. They are the ones, depend, and also where you are, the facility you are in, because different facilities are endowed with different equipment. But what we advocate for is, assess the baby as soon as they are born, and there are those babies who do prophylactic surfactant administration, that they'll get their surfactant, like they are born, they're intubated, they're given the surfactant because it is given into the, uh, the trachea. And then after that, they are put on what we call CPAP, continuous positive airway pressure ventilation. And then from there, we titrate until we get off that machine and then we move to usual oxygen. Mm -hmm. There are others who are maybe very sick from the, getting the surfactant, they'll be put in the ventilator, then from the ventilator to the CPAP, then they get off oxygen. Then there are others you, who are very stable, they may not require the surfactant, and uh, mostly the ones we see, especially in our facilities, they may not require surfactant because we don't even have it, and uh, they will just put them on the CPAP, and then from CPAP we win off oxygen. But what I want to insist on, the main way of treating the newborn respiratory distress syndrome of that premature baby is that surfactant, because that's what they are lacking. So they're given surfactant, then you put them on the pressure ventilation, they do well. With time, they're going to improve and get off the oxygen. That's one of the ways. Number two, of course, you said you have to keep the baby warm. Number three, you have to make sure the baby is well hydrated. Because the skin is very thin, they're going to lose a lot of fluid. So they usually put on intravenous fluids even from day one of life. Then number three, um, number four, we want to prevent infection. Because you have realized that most of the time, the reason why they were born premature is because there was an infection. So most of the time, depending on how they are, they will be put on intravenous antibiotics. And we'll also do some tests to, to look for that infection as well. And uh, the other complication which will keep on coming as the baby is growing. Because remember, this baby is a, it's a very small and it's going to be a journey. Most of them, they stayed in the hospital like for three or four months by the time they are discharged. So some will develop what we call jaundice along the way, which will be managed. Some will develop what we call um, um, necrotis enterocolitis, and it will be managed. So there are so many complications they can develop in the world, but it will be a journey after another. It's such a process. Mm -hmm. But the good thing with it, like, as long as you're in a good facility, the doctors, they walk the path with the mother. Do they feed when they're in the incubators? Yes, they do feed from day two of life. Unless there's another complication, we usually start 
feeding. And the most of the preferred feed is usually the expressed breast milk of the mother. That is what we prefer most. They are more likely to tolerate it. And number two, it has everything we need. It has all the nutrients we need plus the antibodies to make sure the baby is also able to grow to be able to fight the infections. So we start and then small, then we keep on increasing as baby is tolerated until we are fully on feeds. Mm -hmm. Then we graduate from feeding with a nasogastric tube to feeding by a cup and finally they are able to breastfeed by the time we are discharging home. Mm -hmm. How young is young for a child to be called a preterm child? And uh, how, how long should they stay in the incubator? We say you are premature if you have been born, born less than 37 weeks gestation by date. Of course, it depends if the mother is able to remember the last day of the menstrual period. Um, but even if they're not able to remember, there's a way we are able to look at the baby, examine and score and tell when they were, like their age most, most of the time. Also, we rely also on the ultrasounds, but that ultrasound has to be done on the first trimester to be able to be accurate. Uh, how long baby will stay in the incubator will depend on how small the baby is. Of course, a baby was born at, um, let's say, that two weeks gestation, who is around 1.5 kgs, may take just maybe one or two weeks in the incubator, then they move to male, just the cot, or they move to what we call kangaroo mother care. But a baby who was born at 700 grams may take longer in the incubator because, of course, they are born very small. So it's not easy to give an exact timing. It all depends with the, with the baby. Mm -hmm. And uh, how do how are they taken care of once they are discharged or once uh, they, they are able to live outside the incubators? Um, once they reach 1,600 grams, they are ready to leave the incubator. So at that time, we usually have them in courts and every baby should have their own court they do not share so that you can minimize uh, infection um, the mother will feed the baby or the nurse will feed the baby and even at 1.6 kgs they usually start feeding via cup so they are shown there's a way of feeding via cup it's actually a very good technique one has to learn so they feed via the cup uh, and then they also do what we we'll call kangaroo mother care Kangaroo mother care is a process where the baby is being put on the anterior aspect of the mother, actually on the chest in between the breast of the mother, and then they are tied in that position. It's usually a very good position uh, because the mother, the baby gets the warmth from the mother. Now the mother is acting like that in the incubator. And uh, the mother at that position is able to feed the baby even with a cup. They are able to give them warmth and even the bonding with the baby is very good. The babies are usually in that position. They usually actually gain weight faster. Their bonding with the mother is very good for them. They are less likely to get infections and even the outcome generally, even their neurological outcome ends up being better. So it's very encouraged. Mm. So we encourage them, even when they go home, we discharge them home, they continue practicing the same even at home. Mm. The mother only at home, they should just feed the baby and have the baby in kangaroo position. That is the only work we give them when they go home. Mm -hmm. yeah. Are there diseases or complications that come as a result of a child being born prematurely? The fact that one was born premature, it means some organs were, the, the growth stopped at that level. Especially the lungs, they get affected at that level. So you'll find most of them, even when they, they, are, they, they go home, as they grow, they are more prone to getting respiratory conditions, like bronchiolitis, just because they were born premature. So that's one something the parents have to look out for and try and minimize those infections as much as they can. And what we encourage is making sure they are fully vaccinated, all the vaccines as well, the schedules, the KP, and even the flu vaccines. Then they can minimize those infections. 
Number two, the brain also tends to get affected, and uh, you'll, some will develop neurodevelopmental delays. Others, it can be very severe that they get cerebral palsy, and some are also prone to getting autism and also attention deficit hyperactivity disorder. So those are one of those uh, conditions which the babies can develop just because they were born premature. Mm -hmm. You've spoken about vaccination. Do you give the first vaccine uh, immediately they are born, or do you wait a bit longer when they are able to live outside the incubator to be able to give them, let's say, BCG? Okay, we really like to give them as soon as possible, but most of the time we wait until, until at least they are around 2 kgs, just because of the dosage reasons. But we make sure before they are discharged out of the ward, they have gotten the vaccines they were due. Yeah. How can we prevent preterm children? How can we prevent premature labor? Uh, one of the ways of preventing prematurity or premature labor is first to make sure mothers attend the antenatal clinics promptly, Start early and follow the instructions. If the mother is supposed to be on those supplements, they are on them. Because actually I forgot to mention that even anemia is one of the reasons why they can develop prematurity. Malaria is one of the reasons they can develop uh, premature labor. So those are the things which are done in the NC clinic to make sure you are on supplements. If there is malaria, you're given prophylaxis, it's prevented, especially in areas where it's endemic. Uh, if there are any infections, they can, the obstetrician will be able to pick that and treat. But unfortunately, the ones who start draining um, Lyqua early or the ones who go into premature labor, then they are also supposed to be put on steroids. And those corticosteroids, what they do, they enhance lung maturity. And the babies who have been like born from mothers who have been on steroids have been shown to have less likely to get her uh, respiratory distress and also less likely to get her um, what we call preventricular comalacia, which can affect the brain and also interventricular hemorrhage. So basically, the babies who are born out of mothers who have received these students, they usually have a better outcome. So we encourage like the ones who go into labor, then they receive them as they are waiting. Because when you go into labor, you don't deliver immediately. It gives you some time to make sure at least you have, been got, you have gotten one or two doses of those steroids. Is it genetic? Can you find a family where there is always premature children or uh, mothers who are always experiencing prematurity? To develop premature labor, it's not genetic. What you can find is, for example, the history of twinning runs in families. You may find because the mother was a twin, uh, delivers twins, and then those twins are also prone to getting twins like that. And you see, you know, we said multiple gestation is one of the risk factors for, for uh, premature labor. So that can happen, but premature labor per se, it's not genetic. Mm -hmm. Is there anything else that you might want to add in terms of uh, prematurity? We are saying that premature labor happens and we get premature babies. All we are asking is let's try and prevent this as much as we can. But when it happens, especially sometimes I know it happens at home because the labor can come very fast and the mother finds themselves that they are delivered. Just try and wrap the baby with, if you have some clean, even cling film, the one we use for cooking, wrap the baby with it before you put the clothes on top and then rush as possible to the nearby health facility. As long as you keep the baby warm, it really helps that baby to stay alive. And even this, that's the same thing we are trying to do even in the hospitals to make sure the baby is kept warm all the time. The other thing is having a premature baby is not the end of life. 
give the baby the best you can. Actually, most of the time we get very good outcomes from this baby. And we have seen babies, you know, who has even small as 600 grams. We have seen them walking, we have seen them singing, and it's quite fulfilling. So all we are trying to say is don't feel discouraged when you get a premature baby. There is hope. They can actually leave the hospital and they can actually live a full life. Thank you so much, Dr. That has been a really insightful topic. And the most important thing here that I've uh, learned today is that it, the, it's very important for mothers or pregnant mothers to attend clinic and also to try and deliver in the hospital so that we can avoid some of these issues like getting premature labor. So that has been the A to Z of Disease Podcast with me, Rose Mokonyo. Be sure to catch me next time for the next episode on the A to Z of Disease. The A to Z of Disease Podcast. Tax day is coming. Oh, no. But if you sign up for Robinhood Gold's IRA with a 3% match, you can get up to $195 for the 2023 tax year. Oh, yeah. Sign up at Robinhood.com slash Boost by Tax Day to get the biggest contribution match on the market. Subscription fees apply. Investing involves risk. 3% match requires gold for one year from first match. Must keep IRA for five years. Robinhood Financial LLC, member SIPC.